Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Tonight on Black Girl Stuff. Like, why are you laughing? It's like, ha, 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 and then I slide it in. <laughs> it's time to go black outside again. The Common Sense Specialist Amanda Seals is here. I know I'm saying the words, and y'all are like, this sounds like school. <laughs> and if you're just using water, baby, you're stinking. Not feeling so fresh? Well, we have a solution. Salt XO creator Jaleesa Lewis weighs in. This will neutralize odor, maintain a healthy pH balance. She's changing lives, one fresh vagina at a time. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> There are a lot of things that the world turns a blind eye to or is scared to reopen. Plus, I sit down with Till's breakout star, Jalen Hall. You feel like you didn't you didn't so much miss anything. And I step things up with Neo and Christina Milian. It was a challenge that I was definitely up for, but it was scary. <laughs> Ain't nobody doing that right now. It's all about the vibe with Bow Wow on the Millennium Tour. It's a blessing. We've been killing. Women have a biological clock. But first, let's go in the comments to see why biological clocks are ticking for women. All that and more tonight on Black Girl Stuff. Welcome to Black Girl Stuff. Let's go straight in the comments to see why biological clocks are a thing for women. Some people believe that time is a myth, but contrary to popular belief, most women believe that time is of the essence. Let's take a look. Women have a biological clock where women like to have certain things done by a certain age at a certain time. It's your plan. It's your business. Some of you want to have children before 30. Some of you want to be married and all like that. And it's perfectly fine for you to want what you want. So, ladies, does he have a point? Do you think women have a biological time clock? The term comes from biology. And every woman, when you think of biology, for me, I'm thinking of the fact that, yes, when it comes to raising kids or having kids, you have a finite number of eggs. Every woman has a finite number of eggs when they're born. When they turn 30, around that 32, it drops dramatically. Then 35 drops even more. And then between 30 and 37, your fertility is in question. And so I think we literally are on a time clock when it comes to wanting children. If that's what you want, you know to do it naturally. You, time is of the essence. And I'm, I'm a firm believer in that. Yeah, there is a true scientific biological clock, right? I mean, yes, as you said, we're born as, from born birth, we have all of the eggs that we'll ever have. And I think it's unfortunate that modern times hasn't caught up with it because women are independent now and we have careers that we're investing into. And so you see us working into our later years, our 30s and our 40s to become more successful, to have a better financial status, but it's like you're postponing things. But then in comes technology, which allows you to freeze eggs. I mean, in vitro is an option, but a lot of these things are very expensive, so it's not applicable to everyone. So for me, I'm like, man, I wish that we could catch up because men generate fresh sperm every single day. So, <laughs> Like you said, everything has an expiration date. So yes, there is a biological time clock, but I'm more concerned with my life 
clock than my biological clock because I feel like as long as I'm alive, I still got time to make a plan B, which is, it could be a surrogate, it could be adopting, it could be whatever it is. So, you know, that's just biblically speaking. If God say it's for you, it's gonna happen at the right time and you stressing about not reaching a goal by a certain age, ain't gonna do nothing but cause more stress. I think, I believe in that, but I also believe faith without works is dead. (laughs) So, so So I'm like, as much as I'm like, yes, you know, time is yours, your life is yours, a lot of things are destined to be yours, it's destined to be yours, but let's go out and attain them. Yeah. And so I do have a biological clock that, that I put on my doing the uchi right. 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 So I agree uh, with the scientific aspect of it, but I think with technology advancing now, we see, and I did a little research, and I saw that 20% of women in the U.S. are choosing to have and are having children after 35, mm-hmm. and there are a lot of women now that are having children all the way up into their 50s. So again, I do tend to lean more on the spiritual side of thinking like, well, if it's for me, it's for me, and it'll happen in that right time, and I try not to stress myself about it has to be done by this age. Because that's not going to help your eggs either. Right. That's going to stress my eggs out. That's going to stress your eggs out. So speaking of that... (laughs) The eggs are stressed out. If you believe in biological clocks, do you feel like that it takes out the importance of having that right partner? So personally for me, my clock for these things is 35. And I only say 35, again, going back to scientific research and biology, I know it drops dramatically. I don't want to add that added stress or that added pressure with things that I feel like I could have prevented in a sense, right? And so, and even though this is what I want, I know ideally I would want it the traditional way. That means marriage first. That means love first. That means time first. (laughs) That means a lot of years to cultivate that love, to find that person, to be married, and then to have that child. So, Okay, I mean, <laughs> can we go? Because I need to find my man. <laughs> I'm living my life, okay? <laughs> I'm working hard. Like you said, I'm putting in the work, and God is going to reward me. I know it, because when you put in the work, you're going to see a result. I don't, I'm not about to be walking around here so I didn't make the mark. <laughs> Do you feel calmer because you already have a kid? The rest of us here, we don't have any kids, so it's kind of like you have your child. Well, and I, we don't, don't, you know. I don't know, because I wasn't even sure if I was going to have a kid. So, you know, I, I lived my life first, and I was in a relationship where a guy told me, hey, and if you don't want to have a baby in two years, we got to break up. And I was in my early 20s. Yeah. I was like, baby, I ain't even seen the world yet, and I'm so glad that I waited and didn't feel forced or rushed because, girl, I did everything. I flew here, <laughs> yes. there, yes. there, Everywhere. there. So now I can be a mom and look at the youngest and be like, I done did that, girl. Right. Yeah. I love that you brought up the point, too, because when we're talking about biological clock, we're obviously talking about, I think, from the traditional sense of kids. Yeah. But Let's out, like, let's really include career too. And I think oftentimes when we talk about obviously, okay, I want to wait till here to have kids. I want to wait, but it's also what's forcing that wait is because you want, as a modern woman, to make sure that your career is in a certain place. And so even though I say 35 for kids, my 20s are. I was focused on the hustle. I was like, I need to make sure my career is where I want it to be. Yes. 30s, I think it's fine-tuning. 40s, you know, you sit back and relax. It's sexy and ma- it's your, Yeah, sexy. I, I can't wait till my 40s, God willing, because I think it's just more so about do what you want at this point. If you want more kids, do it. If you want a bigger career, make it happen. So I think biological clock takes all of that And to account. your point, I definitely had a reverse biological clock. So for me, I knew early on, I always said my first 30 years of life are for me. Because of that, I 
wanted to chase my career. I wanted to travel the world, experience things. I didn't want to be tied down to something so permanent. Children are permanent decisions. Mm -hmm. And I also saw the benefit of waiting until later because I wanted to have the financial and relationship stability. Yeah. I also wanted to be mentally prepared to right. be a That's mom. I think, yeah, I think a lot of times we rush, we think that because it's a, it has to be done by a certain age, but it's like, baby, you are not mature. You yeah. should not be yeah. raising nobody child because right. you are a child <laughs> yourself. Right. And I think giving yourself time to grow and mature a little bit, you have more to offer your child. For me, I definitely feel like, okay, I would love to do that before 35 and have children. Right? But I just feel like you never know when things could happen. I could get pregnant tomorrow. You just never know. You, know? <laughs> you just never know. But for me, <laughs> but, hold on, but no. Sorry, sorry, Grandma. But no, um, but, but, but on all honesty, I mean, I, I, I feel the pressure of it, but I, I try not to stress myself out about it because I feel like if you really wanted to have a kid this year, Dimitri, you, you probably you could, could right? right? So it's just about right. pacing it with my career, which I've put so much into, and finding somebody that has the same values as me, and I know will, once again, protect and love my child, right. as you said in previous episodes, even if I'm not around anymore. And yeah, so I yeah. take all of that into consideration. I want my child to have a great quality of life, and so I have to be in the financial position to do that if it's just me. Exactly. And also, find somebody who can do that as well. Now, if me push really comes to shove and the doctor's like, girl, is this year nothing, then, <laughs> then I'm going to go just go yeah, out these but, streets and see what's going yeah. <laughs> Think about the stress you would put on a man yeah. meeting a man like, we got to have a baby by tomorrow. <laughs> I want to be in that state. I would never, I want to be in love and have fun right, and if we yes. do it, we do it. Not, we got to have a baby. Like, yeah. I, I got to meet this child. Yeah. 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 You got to run the man off. In our culture, in different cultures, mm -hmm. families put a lot of pressure on women, especially there, you know, you go to the Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving coming yeah. out, you go to Thanksgiving, they like, hey, are you married? When you going to have babies? How do you feel like that pressure applied by your family um, affects you when it comes to reaching these milestones by a certain age? Yeah. It's always bad when you're at Thanksgiving and the kids come up to you and it's like, are you pregnant? I'm like, no, I just gained a few pounds. <laughs> well, and grandma's like, well, is it about time? No. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, I'm lucky. My family, even my dad being a Nigerian man, I mean, he doesn't put any pressure on me. He's like, you guys do it on your own time. And I'm the only girl, right? right yeah. And so That's my mom's like, do you even want to have children? I don't know if I would have had children. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> she, she loves me. But... Yeah, I, I, I'm so grateful that I don't have that family who's constantly applying that, because that doesn't help anything. I think a big thing about being first generation, also having Caribbean parents and being the oldest daughter in a Caribbean household, there's a lot of pressure from my family, not just my immediate family being my mom, my aunts, my uncles, so men too, um, within the family when it comes to wanting that marriage or wanting those children especially. And I see it from my mom's perspective as like kind of fulfilling that American dream. It's not only for herself coming here and wanting that better life, but also how can I show that it was all worth it through my kids? Mm -hmm. Not only through kind of the career choices, mm -hmm. through kind of the, the schooling, but through also just your, your how stable are you? And I think sometimes as a woman, specifically as an oldest daughter, I may look as though it might be unstable because I don't have this man, this children like kind of tied along me, you know what I mean? And even though these are things that I want personally, I think there's an added pressure to really make that happen because, because of my upbringing. I definitely think it will happen for you because I believe the only limitations you have are the ones that you accept for yourself. Exactly. Up next, we got Kennedy Root back with The Chronicles. Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? 
Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. <laughs> he just wanted to go on vacation and have fun with his cousins. But if my son could just get his feet back onto the Chicago soil, he'd be one happy kid. I don't know why I said that. Welcome back to Black Girl Stuff. That was Jalen Hall starring as Emmett Till in Till. Kennedy Rue is back in the BG house discussing the importance of this story. Hey, Ken girl. Hey, ladies. Hello. Thank you for having me. We love having you. Yes. <laughs> so, ladies, Till tells the story of Mamie Till Mobley, whose pursuit of justice for the horrific murder of her 14-year-old son, Emmett Till, became a galvanizing moment that led to the civil rights movement. I had the pleasure of sitting down with Till star Jalen Hall to talk all about this pivotal role. Take a look. Talk to me about what you hope people your age take away from this film. I mean, you talked about being introduced by your mom mm -hmm. to this story as kind of a cautionary tale. Mm -hmm. I'm sure a lot of other kids can relate to having that experience. What do you hope the takeaway is from this film? Yeah, so there are a lot of things, be it in our school system or just in general, that we are not taught or we're not uh, exposed to from a young age to grow up with and learn about. And this was one of those things. Um, it was told, like you said, as a cautionary tale. But most of all, I think the, the key point for me for kids um, is the education of it. There are a lot of things that the world shields us from or, or turns a blind eye to or is scared to reopen. But with a movie like this on a scale like this, um, there's no reason why the youth of our nation, uh, me included, mm -hmm. um, can't, can't learn about these things yeah. so we can be inspired or changed in ways that, that may affect us greatly down mm -hmm. the line. Well, well said. I mean, yeah. And that's honestly the, I think, a point that made me think through about this movie in a different lens. Because I did watch um, Till. I went to watch a screening probably a month or so ago. And I remember going because it was promoted as seeing it from the mother's point of view. And for me, I knew about the story since I was younger, heard about it, loved, you know, learning about it. I actually went on a civil rights movement trip in um, high school to a lot of those pivotal places where civil rights um, activists took place. And for me, though, I think thought that this story was kind of repetitive. And so I was a little bit disappointed. But now, hearing him speak, I'm like, well, you know what? 
we need these stories to be told again because mm -hmm. people don't know. And yeah. sometimes, you know, the new generation is know about because it. Because yeah. I did not grow up with these stories. I did not learn about Emmett Till in elementary school or high school. It wasn't until I went to college where I paid for an African-American studies course that I did. And so I loved what Jalen said about a lot of people truly don't know about these. And even more than that, there are parts of this country that are trying to roll back the yes. education when yeah. it comes yeah. to what's happened to black people, the civil rights movement, slavery. Mm -hmm. No, I would have to agree. I think that is one of the benefits of me growing up in Atlanta, which is the historically pivotal city in the civil rights movement. Mm -hmm. So it's like from our grandparents to our parents to even in school, we had African-American studies in my high school mm -hmm. and we learned these stories. And I think it has just reinsured myself like the, the confidence that we can have and how we can continue to educate each other and yeah. to continue to build a better country. These stories like Emmett Till and even the Black Wall Street in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Tulsa, these yeah. are mm -hmm. very pivotal mm -hmm. things that happen. And it's not just black history, it's American history. I feel like we need stories like Emmett Till so that the youth can appreciate how far we've actually come. Exactly. Because then they're just going to think things are just handed to you. And it's like we worked really hard to get to where we are. And then you got school systems trying to cover it up to protect the other side or make it make not make somebody feel uncomfortable by speaking on it. And I feel like that's not fair. If it's history, it's history. You should just learn that's about it. it. And history yeah. can be uncomfortable, and that's okay. It's uncomfortable. Exactly. And it's extremely timely. I mean, the Emmett Till lynching act was just passed in 2020. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's 67 years after his lynching. And yeah. so it's extremely timely and pivotal and for today's moment. Yeah. Well, Kennedy, we know you got more up your sleeve. <laughs> oh, you know I got more. <laughs> I also had a chance to sit down with Christina Milian and Neo to talk about the return of Step Up 3. This is the first fresh episode of Step Up in a few years. Talk to me about how it feels to come back after the hiatus. First two seasons were magical. You know, for me, uh, I developed some, some lasting friendships. I have to give props to to the actors stepping in the shoes that kind of had already been established and, and making it our own. You feel like you didn't you didn't so much miss anything with the the transition that happens. Like it is, it's a seamless transition, and that is no small feat. That's not an easy thing to do. Absolutely. And I want to talk to you about that, Christina, because obviously, you know, you said being the new girl on the block, so to speak, this season and coming in, you know, and filling the shoes of the great late Naya Rivera. Talk to me about how it felt to embody that role. It was a big challenge and it was a challenge that I was definitely up for, but it was scary. <laughs> I had to put some effort into figuring out for me who this character of Colette, this version was for me. And on top of that, with the respects to the previous actor, Naya Rivera, I had so much respect and love for her. I think actresses like her open doors for characters like me, for people like me. And so I wanted to continue to kind of run this marathon, not only for her and to honor her, but also the fans of Step Up. That's not an easy thing to do, no, to no, step no. into a role that a, someone else has already played. And you know, the fans are already yes, attached to that person. Absolutely. That's big, yeah. so I commend her for that. Yeah, and she said that the community really rallied around her on set. Like, everybody really showed up for each other, and the family was super supportive, and they had blessings from Naya's family for Christina to continue wow. the role. Yeah, yeah. So it really was her kind of passing the torch in a beautiful way for her legacy to continue on. That's great. I love seeing Neil like that, though. I'm 
I'm like, okay, he's, he's right in it. I mean, yeah. I just, he's, oh man, he's so talented. So yeah. it's just exciting to see. Anytime he's on screen, I'm paying attention. Well, Kennedy, we know you always do your thing with the Chronicles, but we had to jump in once we heard about Bow Wow. Tori and I sat down with him. Yes, girl, and this moment had us feeling like teenagers all over again. Uh, Peep this. We know that you are doing the Millennium Tour right now. You are back on the road. And I want to know, like, does the road life ever take a toll on you, or were you excited to be back touring? I definitely was excited to be back touring. I mean, it's crazy because, I mean, this is my second arena tour in a year. You know what I mean? And, and I ain't about to drop no new music to do it. That right there is just let alone, like, ain't nobody doing that right now. It's unreal. We got this month. All next, I mean, pretty much like December 1st. So I'm on the road until then. So, uh, but now it's a blessing and we've been killing it. After Happily Ever After, that's such a dope name. Tell us about the show and like why you wanted to be a part of it. Yeah, I wanted to be a part of it because it was different. You know, I, I, I try my best to stay away from things that are the same or things that I've seen before. Um, we've seen a million dating shows come and go, same format. They're very predictable. With this, it's not predictable. You're putting couples in a house. But imagine being in a house with your ex, and your ex has to find oh, your yeah, next yeah. true love. You know what I mean? Which builds that whole trust wall of, ah, right, is she here to sabotage me? Is she here to really help me? Does she really want to see me happy? And you see all those emotions unwrap. You got some guys come week three, a couple where it's like, they come to me like, yo, I'm tired of seeing my baby mama. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting loving on her. And I'm like, dog, you picked him. Like, you picked him for her. So now you mad because she's happy and they can't take it. This is going down, man. It's just a house of chaos, man, and I'm here for it. Would you allow your ex to put you on a date? Nah, nah. <laughs> no? You wouldn't trust their ability to know what you need? Nah. Nah, hell nah. <laughs> I know. It's a no for Bow Wow. I wouldn't either. Yeah. Well, I want to know from you guys. Would you allow your ex to put you on a date? Or? Nah, my no, Everyone's no. face is like, nah. No, because no, he would probably be hating. He yeah. still right? calls me to this day like, I'm going to beat him up if I see you with somebody. <laughs> I feel like he's so I'm just telling you. He'll be like, I'm He told me. He's like, if I see you with somebody, I'm going to pull up and I'm going to whip his ass. And put I'm, him on that to show. This day, to this day. <laughs> to this day. To this day. Okay, I see you, ladies. I have a question for each of you, though. What is your favorite Bow Wow song? Shorty, like, like mine. Okay, Kennedy, well, we are having too much fun with you, so you might as well stick around a little bit longer. Up uh, next, we're getting unapologetic with Amanda Seals, straight ahead on Black Girl Stuff. You know I ain't never had nobody show me all the things that you can show me in a special way I feel when you're homie. We don't always be together, baby, that's what you told me, and I'm a baby, so I ain't never had nobody do me like you. And every time I think about you, I... When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. I'm really out here just trying to do what I can to make you proud. All right now, I'll check in with you. That was the ancestors calling. Mm-hmm. And listen, 
it matters that I answer every time because I'm trying to make sure that I do with my shows as much as I can to continue their work. Which is why I'm partnering with Headcount to get as many voters registered as possible at my shows before the midterms. Our next guest is not only smart, funny, and black, she really is that girl. Amanda Seals, welcome to the BGS House. We can't even do a show called Black Girl Stuff without having a medicine. Oh, gosh. Gosh. I appreciate that. Thank you. Now, Thank Amanda, you. let's jump right into it. It's no secret that you have always been all things unapologetic. But now you're stepping up, trying to get, and being very transparent about getting people out to vote. Tell us why that's so important to you and how we can change the mindset of millennials, because a lot of millennials feel like, what's the point of voting? I think the best way to describe it is you got your crib, right? Mm -hmm. You live in your crib. But somebody else is determining when you cook in your crib, what you decorate your crib with, what you're allowed to have in your crib. First of all, you already got to deal with that when you have a landlord. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what you're actually dealing with when you are electing officials that are making decisions about your life. And I feel like not enough of us understand the power that we are giving folks when we do not choose who we put empower mm -hmm. i think we get so caught up in like the president and like don't get me wrong that's important but y'all these positions that are local whether it's the district attorney whether it's the comptroller whether it's the people that are on the the, the school district board yeah. whether it is your sec your secretary of state your state senator all of that i know i'm saying the words and y'all are like this sound like school <laughs> no 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 because you break it down too you you actually break it down for our generation z followers and the lies we tell ourselves about voting i really learned a lot about that and i like how you like incorporate a little hip-hop in it so it's not so like schooly Yes. You know what I mean? I try. I try. You did a good job. I you compared try. it to the movie talking about the butt cheek. Like, I was like, <laughs> right, the movie was alive, girl. And I never yeah. watch alive, but the way she described it, if you couldn't choose you between a candidate, you have to make a moral decision for the best, mm -hmm. like for the group. Listen, yeah. instead people of not still, voting. People are still on my mm -hmm. head because they're like, you wanted us to vote for Joe Biden. You were pressuring us to no. vote for Joe Biden. It's like, no. What I was saying was, we need to collectively vote for this other option right. because this option is gonna be a bigger problem. I really just wanna see black folks change our culture by involving civics into our culture. In the 60s, the civil rights movement, like, people put their lives, their bodies on the line for the right, right. to vote. Right. So even if you're like, my vote don't matter, mm -hmm. I don't care, whatever, at least just think about like, however, somebody really did die. Yes. If voting didn't matter, they would not put so much effort into you not being able to vote. Yeah. That part, that's what makes yes. me show up every that's time. It. I know y'all don't want me to do, so <laughs> let me do it. When did you decide that this was not only a passion of yours, but something, raising awareness is something that you really wanted to focus in on? But I feel like it was never a decision. Like, I think I grew up in a household where my mom was always somebody that was looking at authority with a side eye yeah. and was like, mm, let me look into that, yeah. you know? Uh, my mother's from Grenada, and just as an island, we're a very 
revolutionary people, yes. you know, everyone in Grenada has a political opinion yes. about everything, right? Like the person selling you some coconut water and the person <laughs> at the court at the courthouse, both of them have a very yes. strong opinion that they're going to share with you, whether you like it or not. So that's a part of just like the culture that I grew up with in my house, right? But then my mom also had me in just a lot of activities with other black American children and just getting exposure into that space. I felt like I was always made very aware that like we are revolutionary people in America yeah. and that we need to continue to always fight and put ourselves first and our identity needs to be strong. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it was built into my value system. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. And then over time, I just got more dedicated to building it into my career mm -hmm. and into my actual methodology of how I live. What do you think about cancel culture, right? I mean, people who are really vocal, I mean, sometimes people can go off the deep end. I'm not naming any names, but I mean, what is your stance on that? Do you feel like some people just deserve to be permanently canceled or should we always option, have this option of forgiveness when it comes to people who are very vocal, candid about social justice, yes. anything? Well, I think forgiveness is something that people have to ask for. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think black people, we have oftentimes, so many of us, like, exercise this, this posture of forgiveness based on teachings that we were taught that weren't meant to empower us, but that were actually meant to make us more docile. And so we end up feeling like, oh, like there's power in forgiveness. And I know that there are people that are watching, like there is power in forgiveness because it's freedom. And I'm not saying that you can't in your heart decide like, I'm not gonna let this anger me anymore. I'm not gonna let this rule me anymore. But I do feel like Sometimes what forgiveness gets misconstrued as is someone not having to be held accountable. Yeah. <laughs> and like, you can forgive, but yeah. baby, don't forget. <laughs> like, you know, so um, I think cancel culture is really just this concept that when people say things that are maybe wrong or incorrect, et cetera, that they need to answer to the world. Mm -hmm. And the problem, though, is that the world that's challenging them oftentimes is made up of completely fallible humans. Like, everybody is absolutely, like, messing up at least once a day in some form or fashion, right? Mm -hmm. I don't really subscribe to the idea of cancel culture. I think if we don't have redemptive culture, then how can those two really exist? To that point, I actually want to talk to you a little bit about the comedy space, because I feel like that has gone through a complete evolution just over the years, and now there's more of a social responsibility to, you know, be more considerate. I mean, I think comedy, like any art form, is reflective of the society that it's in. Mm -hmm. So there's big changes that have happened within our society in the last 20 years, particularly with language, and comedy mm -hmm. is a language medium, mm -hmm. you know? Absolutely. So there's that. There's also just, like, comedy is about analyzing what's going on, like looking at the social realities of what's going on. And we have seen so many changes in our social understanding of literally just people, right? Pronouns and mm -hmm. the trans movement and even just understanding mental health in a different Absolutely. way. And we have to have a certain level of grace, I feel, to give people in adjusting to that process. That mm -hmm. being said, mm -hmm. I do feel like there's certain folks who just don't give a damn. Yeah. You feel me? And so that's, yeah. whether you a comic or not, like, that's, that's your brand, that's your brand. You know, I'm yeah. somebody who... I don't give all the dams. <laughs> I don't give all the dams. Yeah. But I give a number of dams. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, give a, I give a... And so that, you know, that ends up being 
just a part of my process. Mm -hmm. Ultimately though, I think folks miss the mark in understanding that like, comedy is about making people laugh. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's never been a space of like, complete high vibration. Right. <laughs> I just, I just, it just right. isn't. And right. it's not to say that you shouldn't have a voice to be like, I didn't like that. Yeah. That wasn't cool. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But I think this idea that it's like, and so, you know, you should or shouldn't say this, that becomes a slippery slope. I think at the end of the day, you try and just let people know like that was inappropriate. Mm -hmm. There was a better way of doing that. You could have handled this differently. And you hope that they take the note. Right. And yeah. if they don't, then you don't have to support them. I feel like I haven't had to do much adjusting right. in that right. space just because of the style of comedy I do. Like, you know, my jokes is really, I'm gonna talk about relationships. Yeah. I'm gonna talk about social commentary. And ultimately, I'm gonna just try and find a way to like make folks laugh at the absolute trash that's happening yeah. <laughs> and and make them think at the same time yeah. you know like while you laughing it's like ha 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 and then I slide it in yeah. <laughs> you know and you're like she got a point. <laughs> right. Exactly. Now, Amanda, you know we have to discuss your comedy tour, Black Outside Again. <laughs> Which, by the way, I love that title. Your shows have been selling out across the country. What has this tour really meant to you, and what can we expect to see? Like, spill the thesis. Make people go and click purchase. <laughs> this tour really meant to me, like, oh, I need to get off my couch and get Black Outside again. Yes. <laughs> I need to stop sitting down and yes. stand up and tell these jokes. Because there was so much that started to happen in the world and I was like, oh, I need to like actually get back in front of folks and start talking about things. Because I think a lot of folks feel like I feel, but they may not have people in their circle that feel the same way. So they feel like, damn, am I bugging? Like, am I crazy? But then when I come on stage and I say it to them, they're like, I'm seen, yeah. I feel seen. What we've also been doing is we've been registering for folks to vote at the shows and we have been ending every show by bringing up an organizer from that community to talk about the work they're doing why they're doing it and how the audience can get involved i'm really trying to just make sure that i continue this trend of using my platform in a bigger way which is what i'm also going to be doing on my new radio show on radio one the amanda seal show but you know really just trying to build my own space to Give people hard news with a soft landing. Thank you so much, Thank Amanda Seals, for sitting down with us and spreading all these gems and wisdom all throughout the BGS house. Now, you've got to catch Amanda on tour. Please head over to amandaseals.com and get your tickets today. Up next, we're going to get a little kinky, so keep it locked for more Black Girl stuff. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. And if you're just using water, baby, you're stinking. Because you wouldn't wash your ass with just water, would you? Have that same energy. This is what you need to do. You need to have you some yoni gel from salt so. We use essential oils, oils from the earth that are made made for this. Don't just be using water, please. Spare us. Welcome back to Black Girl Stuff. Our next guest is the CEO and founder of Salt XO, a skincare and feminine hygiene company that prides their products on making your vagina taste better. So let's give a warm BG welcome to Jaleesa Lewis. Hey, Jaleesa. Hey, how are you? 
<laughs> now, Jaleesa, we all know how important it is to keep it a fresh yoni, okay? Mm -hmm. Tell us what led you on this journey and how it turned into an eight-figure business. Oh, okay, let's go. Yes. Yes. So, well, basically, I was in college, and when I was in college, all we had was what was on the shelf, Summer's Eve, you know, the stuff that we're used to. Mm -hmm. It didn't work. All of my girls, all of my friends are like, yo, this stuff is really not working for us. Like, yeah, it's, no. you still feel unclean, you still feel unfresh. And what I realized was the stuff was just masking it. Like, the products were just masking the odor. It wasn't really getting to the. It was like the, the deodorant on Yeah, the like basically <laughs> like putting lotion on, but it don't really get to the issue of why you have eczema. Right. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, I was like, okay, well, let me figure something out. So, I started doing research and I wanted to do like a holistic approach to it. And I started researching some essential oils, herbs. And that's where the Yoni bar came about. Okay. At first it was the Yoni bar, and then it came to a Yoni gel, and it was an instant hit. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Everybody go crazy online about those products. Yeah. So. I mean, do you think, though, that we as a society have unrealistic expectations about what a vulva or vagina should smell like? Absolutely, because yeah. I know a lot of people make videos like, oh, it smells like flowers and raspberries and, <laughs> and you know, and peaches. That's not realistic. Like, every vagina has its natural aroma, and I don't think it smells like fruit or frosted flakes, but yeah. it should smell, you know, pleasant. It shouldn't smell like foul or fishy and stuff like that. So that, that means, okay, well, go to your doctor. But other than that, I don't think it should smell like fruits. We've heard a lot of regimens, I think we can all say growing up, like only use water, only use soap and water, only use your hands, only use plant-based. Like women just tend to have different regimens for their vagina. What are some misconceptions about keeping a healthy vagina and what tips can you provide on maintaining a healthy pH balance? So what works for me and works for over 200,000 customers that we've serviced so far was essential oils. That is the go-to for us. Like, the, the essential oils that I was able to curate for one product, it neutralizes it naturally. So there's, there's herbs and oils that God made for us to use that our ancestors probably used that work for them. They didn't have to use fragrances, anything like that. And I think that's, like, the biggest thing, like, knowing what to use because you just can't be using anything. It's so precious. It's so sensitive. It so sensitive. It's so sensitive. Anything can offset it. Like, even if you wear the wrong underwear, like, you could yeah. throw it off. So I think that's what we, that's what really, like, sets us apart because we use essential oils. I like how you use essential oils because, you know, the vulva, anything that you put on the vulva, which is the outside of the vagina, can easily go into the canal. It's mm -hmm. very, it's very, it's right there. So you can't say, oh, well, I'm only putting it on the outside. It, it kind of goes there and it can cause, like you said, an irritation, BV, things like that. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad you, you mentioned the difference between vagina and vulva. Yeah. Because I get so many questions like, the vagina is self-cleaning. Of course, the vagina is, but not the vulva. Like, right. you still have secretions, you still have oil buildup. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people think, I just use water, but you're not washing your vagina with, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. it's, it's your vulva that you're yeah. washing. But what Essential oils are you talking about specifically? So for me, any type of new product, I mean, I'm really apprehensive about using because I've got really sensitive skin mm -hmm. everywhere. Okay? Mm -hmm. And so for me, sometimes essential oils, I'm like, is it too strong for something down there? I mean, how, I mean, what it's are you using? It's all about how you dose it. Uh -huh. So like clove oil, for instance, it literally kills the bacteria that can cause yeast infections. Wow. Oregano oil is so powerful. You could even consume a teaspoon of it. I mean, of course, dilute it, but you can consume um, a teaspoon of it and it will literally clear out your system. Yeah. 
So I think that. But you're not gonna have me smelling like spaghetti, though. No, <laughs> you're not gonna smell like spaghetti, and you're not gonna smell like a tree. You're not gonna smell like a tree. Okay, so even though you're saying use this oil, but why should we still make sure that we're promoting eating and drinking more alkaline water? Yes. You know, you can eat yogurt and still maintain a healthy pH level because yogurt has probiotics in it. Mm -hmm. So it's like what you eat is medicine. Do you feel like what you eat? Eat, should be 100%. it instead of like a topical. Yeah, 100%. It's it's not the, the end-all be-all. Mm -hmm. You know, your soap is in addition to your healthy habits. Right. Okay. So I wouldn't say, oh, yeah. Because I'm more so the water and the eating. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. And a lot, of people, a lot of people choose that. But honestly, it's about what you eat. So if you're eating hot yeah. chips and hot sausages you're and more pickles. Then you're going to have a hot vagina. Yeah, so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah literally. <laughs> yeah. But I like that. You know what you eat. I, think I like that you're talking about the balance of things. Like, you know, having... It's both what you put on top and what you put inside your body is important. Mm -hmm. I think it's so important that you as a woman started this brand because you're a woman with a vagina that understands vaginas and like and know all vaginas are not made equally exactly. because a lot of these products that we've been using are, ma are made by men. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. And it's like, how you know what's good for my vagina? <laughs> right, right. And you don't even have one. Right. So right. I love that. Now, Saul XO's slogan is a healthy vagina tastes better and you have this rejuvenation oil that apparently drives men crazy, girl. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so tell us why you chose that slogan for your company? Healthy vaginas taste better because I service like a lot of grown women. So if you young, don't listen. <laughs> However, if you're a grown woman, an adult, I 100% believe that certain things that you use that are natural could just cause, you know, natural arousal, a rain shower, if you, if you will. So the oil, so at first, you know, a little drip. <laughs> so at first I created the oil because you know how some women have a larger labia, some women have a small labia. So I wanted to, you know, create an oil that would like simmer it down if you have a rough night after sex, you know, like if it, if it gets inflamed, friction while you're walking, and it'll pretty much like alleviate the... Irritation. The irritation, yeah, stuff like that. So when I created it, that's what it was for. And then I realized it has so many more purposes. People were saying like, oh, he's sliding in me, he can't oh, stay. Okay. It was crazy. Oh, wow. It was crazy. Oh, so what are those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, I was like, okay, well, um, that, that works. And so when I realized like things that I was creating had so many multi-purposes, I'm like, oh, I'm really on to something. Like, it's just not one size fits all. It can be right. for so many other things. Can you use the oil in different areas? Like, is it just for strictly for the uh-uh? Or can you put it like other areas like? We have a body oil, but the Rejuve oil had a new discovery that you can use it on your butt crack. Oh, okay. Uh -huh. okay. Well, that's fair. Because that ain't even We don't got to go. We're making everything taste We ain't got to. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> In case you have to go on a late night grocery yeah, hunt. Exactly. I feel like my vagina is healthy, but it could use a little salt XO. So yeah. I heard you bought something for the girl. Yes, I bought you a little something. Let's see. Oh, we got treats. Yeah, we got a little treats. Okay. Let's see. You got to show us what you got. Okay. okay. Nice. And tell us how to use it, what we need to do. Yeah, okay, okay. Okay. So let me give it to you. I'm going to open oh, mine so you. then you can explain mine. Absolutely. We all have the Thank same you. thing, right? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I'm curious. I want to yes. see how it feels, what it smells like. That's what I want to know. This is the Yoni Gel. It is our number one best-selling product. Mm. And this will neutralize odor, maintain a healthy pH balance. Mm. So make sure you're drinking your water, eating your vegetables, right. and using this at night. So you use this at Yes. This is a cleanser. This is a cleanser. This is a cleanser. Okay. So we're going to use so the Yoni Gel. Cleanser. So do you use mm -hmm. this with water? Or is it's soap. Oh. It's a shower gel. Oh, wow. 
It's going to go to the field. Minty Fresh? Yes. Minty Fresh? Minty Fresh. And this is the erotica gel. Oh. Ooh, so I like this is the one that takes it. This is the one that guys go crazy over. Yes. So this is the okay. one so well, I can taste, taste this right it. now. No, wanna... not taste it. So it's not taste it. Oh, so it smells. It. Yeah, when they taste you. Okay, Jaleesa, I'm so excited to try these products. Thank you so much for the gifts and for joining us. And ladies, make sure you head over to saltxo.com for your yoni, snapback, and freshness. Up next, we got our BG Boss of the Week right here on Black Girl Stuff. Get your ass up. And vote. It seems like nobody wants to vote these days. You That's have to, so true. You have to surround yeah. yourself with people that want to vote have a good voting environment where everyone loves to vote because you have one life no toxic elections and show up and go vote welcome back to black girl stuff that was award-winning actress carrie washington carrie has been using her platform to get the culture outside to vote in addition she partnered with the movement voter project and 10 other local organizations to empower marginalized groups. Kerry says, I believe that whatever the issue is that you care about, your right to vote is central to having a voice. Kerry, we thank you for your efforts in pushing the culture forward. We see you, queen. You are a true BG boss. I love that. Yes. And I love that she's not only an actress, but an activist, and a lot of people with platform, black women especially, are taking up and using their platforms for the greater good. I love that. And to be honest, who better to do that than Olivia Pope, y'all? Oh, yeah. She's been doing it since Scandal Days, and now that we have real-life scandals, carry to the scene. Carry <laughs> to the scene. <laughs> right. Okay, so, Demetria, we hear your BG boss is really out here making things happen in the streets. Yes, that's right, Tori. My BG boss is Nikidra Robinson. She's the founder of Black Girls Vote, which inspires black girls to use their political process to improve the quality of life for their community. Nikidra has hosted several impactful events to celebrate women in politics, activism, and advocacy who are making a difference across the world. Nikidra says Black Girls Vote is dedicated to using our collective voice to transform areas where bias has the most profound impact on our lives. Nikidra Robinson, keep advocating for our young black girls' voices to be heard. We salute you for being a BG boss. Now, it's interesting because voting has become somewhat of a polarized topic, right? Because there's this side that believes it's a privilege to vote. And we have earned it, black people specifically, and so you should use your voice to affect change that we could feel. But then there's this other side who believes that it doesn't really make a difference. Right? There's a lot of voter apathy, especially among the millennials, Gen Zers. But it can even be more than apathy. I mean, there are people who are withholding their vote, absenting for power in itself and saying, I'm not even going to get involved in these governmental processes until the corruption is resolved. I understand the apathy and withholding your vote for power because oftentimes as black people I feel like they kind of pimp us out for our votes. Mm -hmm. They'll come to our churches, they'll do TikTok challenges and everything to get us out to the polls to vote but then when they get in office they forget we're the ones that voted for them and put them in this power position. Well speaking of putting women in powerful positions our chairman decided to do the Gotta Move On remix from a queen's perspective. <laughs> Everything But that's all the show we have for now. But we would like to thank tonight's guests, Jaleesa Lewis, Amanda Seals, Jalen Hall, Christina Milian, Neo, and our very own Kennedy Rue for keeping it real with her chronicles. See you all next time on Black Girl Stuff. Oh.
You thought that you could have her on the weekends. Now you mad cause I told you I was leaving. I'm gone. I'm done. I'm gone. It's giving obsessed. It's giving you stress. It's giving you press. It's giving this and missing the best. But it's been 20 years. Please say less. We can see all you did. needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage egg and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cut off ba da ba ba ba